Welcome to Figuring It Out. I'm Ashley Garrison. I'm 21, I'm a senior at Columbia University, and I'm figuring things out. In each episode, I'll be interviewing some peers about how they're figuring out everything from college to their careers to social justice. I'm excited to learn from these conversations, and I hope you'll join me so we can figure things out together. Now, let's meet today's guest. Today's guest, Kami Gomez, has never stopped chasing her dreams, including her ultimate goal of hosting the Grammys one day. A native New Yorker, Kami is a host, media personality, and recent graduate of Syracuse University. Actually, she was my mentor when I was a first year at Syracuse before I transferred to Columbia. And even then, I could just tell that she was so genuine and so passionate about going after what she wanted, even if that meant making some serious sacrifices. As a result, she has interned at places like iHeartRadio, and I spoke with her today about overcoming rejection, maintaining a social media brand, and taking care of yourself. I really enjoyed my talk with Kami. I hope you do too. Here it is. So first of all, thank you so much, Kami, for coming on the podcast, coming on virtually. For people that don't know Kami, Kami has literally done so many fun, <laughs> impressive things. She's worked for The Breakfast Club. I think you worked for Revolt. She hosts all sorts of events. And from what I see on Instagram, she's a very hype host. Yes. And she's just a very ambitious person, very passionate. Um, and so before I talk about you know what you do, I just want you to introduce yourself so that we can kind of learn who you are and how you've gotten to this point. Yeah, so... What's up, everyone? My name is Kami Gomez. Thank you so much, Ashley. Shout out to you. I know so much is going on in the world, so your time and your presence means a lot to me. I like to identify myself as an alchemist before anything. So someone who turns negative experiences into golden opportunity, I think aside from career stuff and academic stuff, that's who I am in any space um, that I'm in and kind of who I am at my core. But aside from that, I'm a 2019 graduate of Syracuse University, a host and media personality, and I would say an all-around Gemini. (laughs) Those are some facts about me. (laughs) Shout out to the Geminis. I think we get a very bad reputation. I didn't even know you was a Gemini, Ash. Yeah. So I feel like everyone tries to play us, but we're people that you have to get to know us and then boom, you'll love us, you know, but we, we, it takes a while to, to crack us down and to really like us. (laughs) Yeah. So you grew up in Harlem, I believe, and you are a proud New Yorker. That's something that you talk about on your Instagram. uh, I've seen in the past. And I think that New York, as we were talking about before we started recording, is just a very special place. And so I'm assuming that growing up there has shaped who you are in some way. So that being said, how do you think that your childhood in New York kind of guided who you are and what you wanted to do professionally? Yeah. So just tying it back to the idea of being an alchemist, I think that my childhood growing up in New York was definitely rough and traumatic to say the least. And I think it was that right there that kind of molded and shaped my mind actually in a positive way to make me believe that there was more to life and that 
you know, more things were possible for me. And I loved kind of the writ and um, the, the kind of the gutter of New York City and just the challenge of it all, the challenge of the hustle and bustle, the challenge of navigating the city, especially Harlem. Harlem is such a unique place. Um, so many things go on there. And just culturally, I can 100% stand by, you know, the fact that it's super unique. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, just a piece of who I am and my brand. And I think from a really early age, just everything that I've seen in my surroundings um, kind of have pushed me to do more creative things and express my pain, express my confusion, express everything that I was feeling as a result of, you know, what I was going through into a creative outlet. So aside from being a host and media personality, I guess I got my start just by doing a lot of creative things, you know, and trying things out. So I think in a way Harlem encouraged me to do that. And just growing up and having an interest in media, I'm assuming that you didn't necessarily see a lot of people in the media space, in the entertainment space that looked like you. And I think that that's something I think about a lot. When I wanted to be a broadcast journalist, I think um, there were a couple of Black TV news anchors on TV, but you know, nationally at the time, there weren't too many. And usually, you know, if there are, there's just like that one or that two. So you know, I think what a lot of people that don't work in media also don't realize is that the media space is actually very much built on who you know and where you come from and your connections. Mm -hmm. And media, because you start out oftentimes not making a lot of money, um, it's more accessible, in my opinion, for people that do come from money and come from these connections. So, you know, in the field, has that been a motivating factor for you, you know, wanting to break barriers and I guess cause some change within the industry? Definitely. I think the impact and the experience of it all is the most important thing. For me growing up, I feel like there was a select few of people who I kind of looked to and who made me believe that it was possible for me. And so I definitely want to be kind of that pillar of hope for other people as well. Um, because I feel so deeply about you know, where I come from and what my passion is, really, I think that the only way for me to make it count is for me to inspire other people. Like Nipsey Hussle says, the greatest human act is to inspire. And I think more importantly than inspiring, motivating, encouraging, and empowering, you know, I definitely, I feel like want to put people in position and give them the tools, the resources, and the blueprint to do the creative things that they want to do, because that was something that I've always wanted since I was little. Literally, I would be on Google, Googling everything. You know, I feel like I got on YouTube when it first came into the game. So I was literally teaching myself how to do any and everything. And if I could be that for so many other young people, then I think, you know, mission accomplished. I think my purpose would be fulfilled for sure. Yeah. And I think you said something very important there. You talked about, you know, taking it upon yourself at a young age to look on the internet to find the resources that you wanted. And I think that obviously it shouldn't have to be that way, but I think that that really speaks to your, just your ambition and your drive. And something that my grandma <laughs> used to tell me is that, you know, who people are at a young age is oftentimes 
very, very telling and indicative of who they'll be for the rest of their lives. And I've noticed that some people really just have that initiative and that drive to to make it no matter what. And I definitely, definitely hear that and see that. And I also wanted to talk a bit about um, media as a field that's, you know, non-traditional. I think growing up, I heard a lot of my peers being interested in law or medicine was something that I heard all the time. And then when I mentioned I wanted to be a journalist, it was kind of like, whoa, that's risky. Um, even right. though I don't think I saw it as risky. So how have you maintained that motivation to pursue a career that's quote unquote non-traditional um, or that, yeah, just does require, I think, a little bit more drive than some fields because there isn't necessarily a map with specific steps like there is for doing some other career that requires, you know, X amount of graduate school or something like that. Right. To me, honestly, I don't think that there is anything that really pushes me to, I guess, pursue a risky career other than the fact that I love the chase. Um, You know, I love the challenge. I love doing risky things. (laughs) You know, I love doing non-traditional things. I love doing things that are different or, you know, if people expect me to do one thing, I want to go against the grain and do something completely different. So I think kind of, I think it's a personality trait. Honestly, um, just something, I guess, that I always have enjoyed doing. And I think it also stems from confidence. I think that accomplishing things and teaching myself things from a really early age instilled confidence in me. And I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, what's next for me? It was kind of just the idea of a challenge, seeing how I could push myself to the next limit. And I think with hosting, that's always fulfilling for me each and every time. And that's kind of how I realized that it was my passion because it's like every time I get on stage is like, what can I do that is different than what I've done before? How are the, you know, the audience members, how they're going to react? How am I going to provide them a different type of experience that no one has ever had before? So kind of just challenging myself in that way, I think is like an adrenaline for me. And that right there is what keeps me going. Yeah, I think that doing something that you genuinely have a passion for makes it so much easier to to do that. We've talked about that a few times on the podcast. And I think that as I tried to figure out what I wanted to do and how I really wanted to even just spend my time in college, one thing that I tried to ask myself is what makes me happy. And like, there are some other questions I have to ask because I have to survive and I have to eat. But I think that figuring out what genuinely satisfies me has been something that's helped me X a lot of things out. And I think that figuring out what you don't want to do mm-hmm. can also be really helpful in figuring out what you I think do that's want to do. equally important, honestly, because I think that figuring out what you don't want to do is literally the process of elimination. You're literally crossing things off to get to the right answer. Um, so I think it's equally important. I always encourage people to try any and everything. And I think that's something that I've done since I was young too, is just, even if it wasn't, I guess, the the thing that I was the most interested in or the most glamorous looking thing or, you know, the most fun thing, I think it was that right there that kind of helped me, I guess, sit down with myself and think, you know, what is something that I would do for free? You know, I won't do it for free, <laughs> but, you know, 
I would, you know, I would just because I love it that much. I think that's what passion is. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I thought about that a lot when I was just starting out in journalism. I remember when I was just trying to become a freelance journalist before I even started at Syracuse, I was sending out emails to these local news organizations like, please just let me write for you. I'll write for free. Um, And that was something that let me know that I was passionate about. And even though I don't necessarily want to be a journalist now, I at least know that that's the feeling that I'm chasing. Um, And I also wanted to talk about college because for people that don't know, you should know by now, but I went to Syracuse for my first year and Kami, you were always doing something. I was like sitting in my room. I would see you on Instagram. I was like, how is she in New York city right now? Like hosting something or even just doing something in Syracuse and also always like, so dressed up. I was probably (laughs) always in sweatpants, but you were just always on the go. And so I'm curious to know how your college experience was formative for you in terms of like professionally. I think that college students often, they try to weigh, you know, whether to put more emphasis on academics or the opportunity. So for you, how did you navigate that? I'm going to keep it real, real with y'all. <laughs> um, I never wanted to go to college. It was something I never had, I guess, the taste buds to do. Um, I always excelled academically, but I just wasn't, I guess, a school person. You know, that wasn't what got me going. Um, I ended up, oh, I say all the time, I went to school on accident. And I think my experience in college really gave me a platform to be who I am today and do what I do now. I think sometimes just society and socialization will tell you straight A's, you know, be on top of it. Um, be at the top of your class 4.0, all this, be a scholar. And for me, honestly, I think I kind of switched my priorities up a little bit. Um, I, to be honest, wasn't concerned with being the top of my class or being, you know what I'm saying, the person who was doing the extra credit or whatever the case was, that wasn't really my priority. It was just, what are the resources that are here that I can use to develop what I want to develop. And I would say the academic space definitely provided me with other tools that I can use in hosting. So being a communications and rhetoric major, I was forced to do a lot of speeches, a lot of public speaking engagements. And it's like, what a dink because that's literally, you know, what I want to do in my career. So I would say it helped me in that. And I think it helped me honestly just stay steadfast it helped me kind of learn how to do things that I didn't want to do. Um, And I think there was beauty in that because I kind of felt impatient while I was in school. I was on some, I want to get out of here because I want to be a host so bad and I want to be in New York City and I want to be here and there and everywhere. But it helped me kind of stay grounded. And I guess that that desire for a challenge is what pushed me to say, all right, what are the resources that are here that I can use? And then also, how can I be in two places at the same time? Or, you know, what events are going on here that can help me sharpen and hone in on my skills? So my college experience was definitely a roller coaster. Would I do it again? Probably not. But I would say that it completely changed my life and it changed the game forever. So shout out to Syracuse for that.
And just within the media space, I know that hearing no is something that is common when you are, you know, applying for opportunities or even just reaching out to people. Like there's definitely been people that I've reached out to for an informational interview or a coffee and they've said no. I think most of the time you get a yes because people want to talk, but sometimes you get a no or a no response, which feels worse sometimes. But just in terms of dealing with rejection, not just in media, but maybe just in life in general, how do you, you know, keep grinding, keep having faith in yourself, and I guess not take it personally? Yeah, I think that everything you said was 100% a fact because that no response hits differently. <laughs> but I would say, I think it stems from confidence, as cliche as that may sound. Because I think a lot of time when people are eager for an opportunity or eager to make it, which is great because I feel like I'm still eager, I'm still hungry. I think sometimes we think that there's someone who can help us get to the next level or somebody has some type of key or information that's going to help me get to where I want to go or be who I want to be. But the real answer is that only you can get you to where you want to be. You know, people, I guess, are kind of just in the background. And yes, they are beneficial. And teamwork is everything. You know, you need a team, you need your tribe, you need your support system. But honestly, I think when it comes to not taking per- taking it personally is that I guess I realize that people are just people, you know, and everyone is living a reality completely different from yours. And people say no for different reasons. And people say yes for different reasons. Everything that people do is literally a projection of their own reality. So I guess when it comes to taking it personal or not taking it personal, that's what I try to, to think of. And then also... I guess just apply more pressure, honestly. Um, If you want it that bad, you're going to find another way. And I think in life, there's always a way. There's always a solution to every problem. There's always a yes for every no. And sometimes, honestly, I know how it feels where it feels like the yes is never going to come, you know? But I think the confidence portion is that you have to believe it's coming, You have to believe that it's on the way. I saw a post on Instagram that said, you know, today someone was saying, I love you for the first time. Today, someone gave birth. Today was somebody's birthday. You know, today, somebody found $20. (laughs) Today, somebody had the best day of their life, but stay encouraged because tomorrow might be your your best day. And I really believe that um, even in times where I don't believe it. Even in times where, you know, I'm human, I feel like, damn, will this ever work? I try to remind myself of those things and try to consume positive content that's going to, you know, encourage me to have the mindset that I know I need to have if I want to be successful. Yeah, I think that having this podcast has really been my first experience of just having my own personal project. I think Being a journalist, you are vulnerable in the sense that you're putting out content. However, you're usually doing it for another organization. Like there's someone that's bigger, that's over you. And I guess the thing that I realized, like putting out my own content is that you want it to be so great so badly because it's your personal project and you know how much time you've put into it and you know how much it means to you. Um, And so it 
feels 10 times worse when you get a no doing something of your own as opposed to working for someone else at a company or something. And so I have a lot of respect for people that create so much content, even, you know, people that have these Instagram platforms like you, you have a very large Instagram platform Mm -hmm. and your Instagram is so curated. Um, And I had no idea prior to having my podcast account, how much work goes into Girl. Figuring out when to post, the <laughs> caption, the filter, like all of these things. I'm just right. like, it's a whole different world. It's a headache. <laughs> it's a headache for sure. Um, but I think to be honest, Instagram just as a platform for me, it's fun. You know, it's another creative outlet for me, creating my feed how I want it to be, taking the photos, coming up with the content concepts, executing it editing it, finding new ways to edit, all of these kind of, you know, just keep me excited because every picture is different. You know, every message of every post is different. But I guess the most important thing is that everything is working to build a specific brand and, you know, convey a specific story, which ultimately, you know, assists you in accomplishing, you know, your main goal. So, Shout out to Instagram, you know, because definitely the game has changed when it comes to just digital branding, you know, and and creating opportunities off of an online platform. And I was also wondering if there's been a particular experience or job or internship that you've had that's really stuck with you or motivated you or just inspired you more than any of the others. Hmm. This is a good question. I don't even know where to start. Something, an experience that I've had that has molded me. I would definitely say a story that not many people know, which is me going to LA and getting fired by someone who was, I guess, one of my ultimate inspirations And that was a tough pill to swallow for sure. Um, And I was so used to kind of, you know, excelling in everything that I did. But in this role, I realized I didn't excel. And it was definitely a humbling experience. And I think it tested it tested my grind. It tested my character. It tested so many parts of me, you know, that I didn't even know that I needed to experience, really. And I ended up finding three more internships probably within a week after getting fired. And I think also that's just a testament to how faithful God is. And... um I think that experience I'll take with me forever because one, you realize not to worship people. Um, Two, I think you realize that there's always more that you can learn and more that you can do. And then three, I think I realized that there's always going to be another opportunity. Anything that is meant for you won't pass you by. So It was so many life lessons in one, especially because I was literally across the country, 
away from my family, away from my friends. So it was a completely different ballgame. Um, but honestly, that experience is what encouraged me to go back to Syracuse for my spring semester of my junior year and graduated. So, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had some moments where, you know, in the in the moment that it was happening, it was very difficult. And I guess it's just, it goes back to that feeling of feeling somewhat rejected, which I think can just be very difficult, especially when you're used to not necessarily right. feeling that all the time. Um, it can kind of throw you off. And I think that I've always learned so much from what I thought were the quote unquote negative experiences, um, sometimes more than the positive experiences. And I think what I also wanted to ask you about was in terms of your journey throughout college and everything, was there ever a moment where you ever considered, okay, maybe I don't want to do this or maybe I want to do something else or have you kind of never wavered? I think in terms of college, being in college and staying enrolled, I questioned if I wanted to be there every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was crying when I was a freshman, my first three weeks. I was like, I hate it here. I don't want to be here anymore. But eventually you adjust and you pivot. But when it comes to hosting, I think that this is something I've known that I wanted to do um, since I was really young. I would say probably... I knew I wanted to be a host at like 12, 13 years old. Um, have I had times where I thought, you know, can I do this anymore? You know, am I going to make it to the point that I actually, you know, want to get to? Because I want to be, I want to be a host with a lot of impact. You know, I want to host the Grammys. I don't want to just host the local award show, you know? So that's a big dream. And that's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of, you know, everything. It's an overwhelming concept to even think about, more importantly, live with every day. Um, but I feel like, honestly, deep down in my heart, if I wasn't supposed to be doing this, I probably wouldn't keep getting opportunities that are in alignment with what I want to do. Um, I think kind of, God continuously makes a way. And I feel like I've come too far. You know, I feel like I put in so much work that if I give up right now, I would be more disappointed in myself for doing that than if I didn't make it. You know, like I want to die trying. I never want to stop trying to get to where I want to go because I want it so bad. You know, so I think that's kind of just where my head is at whenever I get into a place where I like fall out of love with hosting. I kind of have to convince myself to refall in love with it and remember why it is I started. And all the time, honestly, if I haven't hosted in a while and then I host something, I feel nervous. I feel like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Why did I commit to this? Like I'm having literally a whole panic attack for something that I've done over 50 times. But in that moment, that's the moment where I'm like going on the first date again. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but if you go on a fire first date afterwards, you sprung, you think you're going to get married, whatever. So I feel the same way with hosting. I feel like after I'm done, I'm like, yeah, I can't let you go. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think that you mentioned something about, you know, dreaming big and how that is a lot to carry. And I think that that is something that's not talked about enough. You know, people say dream big, shoot for the stars or whatever, but in practice, the things that you need to do to kind of try to execute that, it's a lot. And even just having that in the back of your mind, I think is a lot because almost everything you do becomes that much more important to you because you almost think of it as like a potential, you know, step on the ladder to get where you want to go. And something that I've had to kind of reframe in my mind is, you know, maybe everything that I do isn't necessarily going to get me, isn't a direct step on the ladder, but it's still an important part of the journey or of my path. Um, And I also want to just talk about like in terms of mental health and staying sane, especially with social media, which I feel is (laughs) extremely draining. I love Twitter, but Instagram for me is very, it can just be, it can just be a lot, especially if you're having a bad day and people are living it up on there. (laughs) It can be a lot. So how do you, I guess, take time to take care of yourself and recharge? Honestly, I think I feel the same way about Instagram most times. 90% of the time, I feel like Instagram is draining. Um, 10% of the time, I get excited when I'm going to post a picture that I love, you know, or post some type of content that I've created. But honestly, I guess I kind of have to re-fall in love with Instagram all over again as well. Sometimes I take breaks where I don't post on my story. I'm not posting anything for weeks. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes I come back and I'm posting, you know, every three hours. I think giving yourself literally the freedom and the agency to do whatever the hell you want to do is important. And I, I don't think that as much as dreaming big is a responsibility and digital branding is important. If you don't want to be on Instagram, don't be on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? There's other ways around being consistent with content. And I think for a while, I beat myself up when I wasn't consistent. You know, I felt like, oh my God, I'm not, you know, posting enough or engaging enough or I'm not doing enough. And I was letting Instagram kind of tell me, you know, what I was doing. And I got to a point where I was like, no, you know, like, no is no. Um, but in terms of mental health, I think honestly, if there's someone or some profiles that aren't in alignment with what it is you want to feed your spirit, because I believe the content we consume ultimately impacts our spirit. So if you see that, to be honest, like it has to go, whether that's a mute block unfollow, it has to go. Um, I would say that's one way. The other way is not being on at all, you know, or scheduling, having a a content calendar or using an app, you know, Planoly or something like that where you're um, scheduling your content in advance. And then the third thing I would say is that therapy has been such a crucial part of my life literally since I was in fifth grade. A lot of people don't know that I've been doing therapy since I was a child. So I guess kind of social emotional intelligence is like a language, you know, that I'm comfortable with speaking, but I understand that a lot of people aren't. And so I encourage people, if you can't get a therapist, you know, follow some therapy pages. I know, I think there's one called like Black Black Therapist or like Black Girl Therapist. I love that. I love that page. Um, I love Regan Health. You know, just seeing posts that are 
subtle reminders of things that I can do to take care of my mental. Um, I think working out for me lately has been an extreme release. Whenever I'm feeling tense or overwhelmed, even just, you know, carrying around the dream, that's an overwhelming thing in itself. So when I feel like I'm too in my head, I just run like crazy. (laughs) You would think I'm like chasing somebody down because I'm ready to, you know, I don't even know, find them (laughs) and pull up on them. But that's how much, you know, I feel like I need to release. So I encourage anybody out there um, to kind of get into a moment of silence, really, where you're able to silence your mind and figure it, figure out what it is you're feeling and kind of just explore other options. And lastly, what are you still figuring out? This could be career related, non-career related, anything. I think I'm figuring myself out. And I say that because, you know, Instagram and just the digital world or accomplishment and successes, I feel like definitely make people think that you have it all together, you know, or sometimes people think, you know, you speak in sound bites. You sound like you have it all figured out in your head. When in reality, it's a constant battle every day. I think graduating early for me was a blessing, but it also was really difficult because I put myself in a position to deal with adult life a little bit earlier than, you know, I intended to jump into that pool. So I think I'm kind of in the process of just rediscovering myself and what it is that I like to do besides hosting or, you know, what it is that I like to wear, what it is that I like to listen to. And I think, to be honest, career and successes and accomplishments and dreams, all of that is important. But what's most important is you, because when you die you know, when you go to the grave, you're not going to take career successes and accomplishments. You're going to take you and who you were as a person and who you were to other people. And so I think above all else, um, that's something that I try to work on every day. I always say 1% is so much better than zero. And if you did something for yourself today, you know, if you did something for someone else, then you're making it count. You're making life count. So I think every day I'm figuring out new ways to make it count. Thank you. That was amazing. I feel so inspired. This just gave me some motivation. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. You know, you're my girl from New York to Detroit. Um, Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Figuring It Out. I've been reflecting a lot lately, and I'm, I'm just talking freehandedly right now, no script. And I am really appreciative of this podcast, of the conversations I've had, of the FIO team, and, and really just of everything that I've learned through this podcast. And I know that this year has been, it's just been a challenging, rough year for everyone, I think. So, you know, as the year rounds up, I've been reflecting a lot on just everything that I've done and and tried to do and failed at doing and I just want everyone out there to know if you are also reminiscing or or ruminating or reflecting or just facing challenges right now that you are not alone not the only one and to just hang in there especially if you're you know in college gearing up for finals I know this is a very stressful time 
um, a very anxiety-inducing time for a lot of people. So I just want you to know that we are with you. We, we feel your pain and everything that you're going through. And reach out to someone if you need to talk to someone. Reach out to me, hell, if you need to talk to someone. Um, our social media is at the Figuring It Out Pod on Instagram. <laughs> and Kami's Instagram is Kami Gomez on Instagram. So um, that was redundant. So follow her if you want to keep up with her. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I'm excited for the last episode of the year, which is coming in about two weeks. And yeah, that's all for now, folks. Thanks for listening along as I try to figure things out. I'll talk to you soon.